0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us, we have Aaron Ellis of Live Life moving, coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida. Aaron, how are you today, sir? What's going on?
2: I am doing well. It's rainy season down here, and
1: I'm enjoying the rain. Actually. Yes, <laughs> seems like you need it down in that part of the country. Now, Aaron, obviously, our, our goal for today, the, what we're the crux of what we're here to talk about is live life moving. Before we dive off into the business side of things, why don't you give us a little bit of context here? When you talk to people about this studio and what it is that you do, what do you tell them? How do you describe Live Life Moving?
2: Uh, well, I describe it as a personal training studio designed for a happy and active life. And we specialize in adults 50 plus and making sure that they're ha- they have a way that's, uh, to exercise that feels good, sustainable for the rest of their life, um, and helps them enjoy their retirement and the rest of their life without worrying about being sedentary.
1: Yeah mainly for the the older demographic but keeping in mind that we're still delivering a fitness component to this and it doesn't sound like it's a, a watered down class it sounds like it's still a challenge no. <laughs> but you guys deliver it in in quite a an interesting way tell us a little bit about the modality of this because it's somewhat unique in what you truly deliver
2: sure um well we got uh, um i have my background in fitness uh, started with um, a traditional Pilates training in New York City at Power Pilates, uh, fully certified in the traditional method. Uh, and I bring that up just because, um, you know, there's a lot of other ways of approaching Pilates that might seem like they're achieving some of the same goals, but... Um, they're also really intimidating. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we, what I've done is, is really taken the pre- traditional principles and let that kind of drive um, where we go. And we combine that with functional strength training designed for the older adult. Um, and with that, they're building the mobility and the flexibility and they're getting the support of the Pilates equipment as opposed to using it as a cable machine or strength. Like, you've, like a, there's a lot of imagery out there that it becomes this like cable machine or gym piece of equipment, which is not really what it was invented for. It's, and it does get you strong from the inside out, but it's really there to support the body in ways that I've found in other modalities that it's really difficult to do to get somebody up and running again. And then the back half is, you know, all the functional movements you need for everyday life, sit up, stand up, uh, sit to stand, uh, transferring weight, stepping upstairs, all of that stuff. But it is um, not necessarily a gentle workout. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> no. it, it's progressive and appropriate, but we, you know, we really also a bulk of our clientele used to work out a lot as well and can't anymore due to injuries, or whatever. But they still want to feel strong and powerful. So we've. We're still really dedicated to making sure people feel like they're, they're really strong and powerful.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the effort is certainly there. The intensity might be scaled to ability, as you're talking about. But Aaron, give us an idea of the origin story of this. You mentioned New York City kind of being the, where you got your start. But how did we go from New York to Florida? When did all of this translate down south?
2: Um. Well, as far as the transition coming down south, it was around the pan the during the pandemic. Um, okay. uh, Live Life Moving is a brand I opened in two thousand sixteen, but started uh, in two thousand three. But um, so Live Life Moving kind of was born out of a lot of those experiences, um, and you know I also traveled as a Les Mills trainer, teaching body training instructors uh-huh. to do Body Pump, things like that. So I got to see what was going on especially where beginners were concerned. And I just felt like they're still not being served of way that they could. Um, so in 2016, I kind of bar- embarked on this, you know, alternative to mainstream fitness thing to get more people exercising, because we know 80% of, about 80% of the population isn't doing anything at all. And, right. you know, we're not really doing a good job as as far as, promoting exercise truly at your own, appropriate for you, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, in Asbury Park, I played, I had a temporary space and, um, you know, really went through these different ways. I, at one point I had eight people stations with barbells (laughs) and I was trying to have everybody on their same pro, a different program. And it, it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, but, so a um, little bit of
1: evolution along the yeah, way. yeah, theres it
2: really has, and it you know it always goes back to where you started. It seems like the original idea. Um, but anyway, so after about three or four years of the space, we knew, uh, they we got the notice it was gonna be torn down, but luckily, I had been working oh, wow. on a bigger space. Um, Asbury Park is where it was, and it was a beach town. so we only had two and a half months of really high season. The rest of it was kind of a struggle to be honest. And so when the pandemic hit, um, we had had a, a new space that had a separate spin studio built out, a bigger space so we could increase the class numbers and, and reduce the prices a little. Uh, but they were behind because we were in flux with the space. Our clients you know, naturally would start to go other places. Yeah. Um and, and, and so we just decided, uh, I wasn't able to negotiate with the landlord to, to get through the pandemic, even though we weren't open yet, <laughs> but I was lucky enough to get out of lease. So, mm, um, that helps. so we just so decided we were doing that lucky. Yeah, I know. Right? That was the one thing other, other vendors got me, but <laughs> the, luckily with yeah. the lease, I was okay. Um, but, um, So we just had been, we'd been thinking about opening up in St. Pete. In fact, I was looking at a 2019 business plan and there was St. Pete was in there. And, uh, so we just decided to to make the move and, and come down here. And at first it was, I was just going to stay virtual. Um, but you know, with this, with this, this, um, what do you call it? Concept, uh, it was still really essential that there was a hands-on component as much as we could. So a year after moving here, I finally found this space and opened up expecting all the rents to be cheaper, which they're not down here. (laughs) (laughs) Commercial real estate is expensive everywhere. A a really good deal. But when I moved down here, I was like, we can't possibly be as bad as up North and, you know, St. Petersburg is going through its own Renaissance and, it's turning out to be this area is one of the highest cost of living places in the country, which I seem to keep finding. So, <laughs> yeah, you,
1: you pulled the trigger right at the opportune moment. Now, the like we already said, the, a number of evolutions of this, but as the studio stands now, we've got the in person component. Do you still have the virtual component that you were talking about?
2: I do. Like, you know, that was super. I, this is my third time opening up a space and having that virtual. Um that virtual revenue coming in was a godsend. It just when opening up a new space. Yeah. It was so nice to have that. Um it made me a little less urgent. I would imagine. Um uh, yeah. But um it has been, we still were dealing, especially because of the demographic, we're still dealing with COVID, we're still dealing with it now.
3: Uh, yeah.
2: where we'll, yeah. you know like I just had it three weeks ago and I was out for a week and a half and then now we got clients getting it and not from us, but um, so it's, it's a susceptible it's, population. It's though, definitely right? been up and down. Yeah. Or just really, yeah. And, and really concerned and really. Okay. Uh,
1: yeah. And so I think so many people that listen to this podcast, Aaron do so because they're looking to see how other facilities are, marketing or attracting new clients. With you having a little bit more specific of an avatar that you look for, what's been working for you since you moved down to Florida to attract some of that 50 and over? Right. Crowd?
2: Well, I'll be, to be honest, being new down here is being new down here. So it's been taking me some time to, <laughs> to get to know uh, people. But um, I mean, right now, what I've been doing this time around, I I was working with a fitness business coach, and now I just transferred to a normal business coach. Um, But I really did get in, start networking a lot. And because we're a higher end, you know, I was seeing really what wasn't working. Um, So right now, the majority of what I'm getting is through networking. Um, And I, uh, some Google ads,
1: Oh, but okay. things
2: like Facebook ads and don't really work for us right now, uh, we are going to re-release our on-demand library and do some, uh, you know, and try to get that going again and that will work better on Facebook, but, you okay. know, because our price point didn't work. It's just the price point. The lead quality is just not there for what we're doing in the studio right now. I see. Um, But as far as like doing a little lead generation and then once we get some kind of a lower price product, uh, I think that will help with that a little bit.
1: I want to pick your brain on the the digital advertising side of this because I think our industry has such a unique perspective when it comes to that. I think there's a lot of people that try it and get really, really jaded by it if they've Mm -hmm. spent money and not seen a return. And there's people who swear by it and want to pour and dump gasoline on the fire when you were doing the ads was that with the the coach that you just mentioned was that done in-house by you i've I've I've,
2: I've never i've only once hired a digital company and that didn't work out for me because they were too young to be honest um and they don't they weren't really understanding the demographic um uh what was the question?
1: <laughs> Were you handling it in-house? Was it, was it you that yes, was doing
2: it? Yes, I, I used to be in web design. That's the other thing I did before. Right before uh-huh. fitness, between being a dancer and back into fitness, I was a web designer. And, and that was in the late 90s. So was, mm-hmm. things are a lot different now. Sure. Um, but you know, my passion for figuring out all things digital <laughs> carries me yep. through. Um,
1: I, so I've done I a little bit... That's, that's a big deal in our industry because there's a lot of people in our space who aren't passionate about anything digital and, and want to sort of live in the stone ages. I ask you, because it sounds like you've given it a shot in a number of different capacities.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you, I mean, I think up North, I had a little bit better luck. I, maybe I'm still trying to figure it out down here with the right clientele, but you know, we're our personal training studio, um, and our rates are rather high. So, um, and I think then there's a, been a shift for sure in the since there's been a shift in who even is spending time on Facebook anymore. Um, so I think that there's a lot of that going on. A lot of the higher end clientele aren't even on Facebook anymore, it seems. Um, I will tell you that, though, with you know, with Google, Google ads, and I don't really know much of what I'm doing, but I can target uh, or at least the keyword pretty well, that pays for itself. Yes, like I get one client out of that, and it's paid for itself. Plus, yeah. Um, um, but other than that, it's really just. I think it's knowing what your product is and what's going to work for you, um, and and, and you know, point. stop banging your head against the wall with Facebook ads if you're a high ticket client because a uh, high ticket, um, uh, with high ticket uh item, you know, because. I just, I just find that those leads are pretty, um, lower, lower income or
1: lower cost
2: people looking for, yeah.
1: Right. There, I mean, like I said before, there are people doing it really well and there are people doing it right. not so well and, and it can go either way. At the end of the day, you're getting leads from a couple of different sources from what it sounds I like.
2: I think, but I think what it is with, for me with Facebook, especially this, you know, a big thing that's happened for me is I've really stopped training. This is the first time as a studio owner that I've said, I'm just going to be an owner and not train anymore. And so I'm, I'm on my way to limiting that. And it's made such a huge difference in being able to get
1: people in the door. Um, and, and I know time, people just buying that time back for yourself. Uh, right?
2: And, you know, you need time. And, and, and even if you think oh, I'm going to do it between clients, you know, for me, I need like two hours at least to ramp up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, and then I'm going, um, yeah. well, time in the the mental capacity, right? If you're coaching exactly. classes all day, you're drained. You're last thing You want to yeah, do is that, hop on Facebook or Google or ads manager in whatever capacity. I get it. Yeah.
2: Um, but so what I have been doing a lot more is like, I have a Facebook group. Um, and, and I guess when I'm talking about with Facebook is, it's, it's, you know, the dishing out of a lot of money isn't necessary. And I think there's just a lot of ways to find high quality leads without at the, you know, at this point in my yeah. revenue. And at the end of the to, day,
1: everything that we have to talk about is got to resort back to ROI, right? The yeah, input exactly. In and what we're getting and then the output. It's And also it's I think what you important.
2: enjoy, I mean, what I find, I'd rather put in personal trainer as a search and see who's looking for one or You know, be part of several groups and make sure I comment on people looking, you know, searching so it's not as cold. Um,
1: And then you get to immediately
2: make, you get to immediately make a connection with them when you ask the right questions instead of just dumping your credentials in the reply to a comment, you know, actually ask them questions and start a conversation. And that usually will lead uh, to a much, higher rate of closing the sale
1: sure so a little bit more involved in the process and i want to i want to take us to that next step you you mentioned higher rate of closing when somebody reaches out to you regardless of the source maybe they're from facebook maybe they're from google walking off the street wherever this person comes from how does that sales process function what typically happens before they officially sign up as a new client
2: sure um well i uh they'll call or or book try to book a consultation online. We'll have a pre-qualification. So I'll talk to them, try to find out what their pain points are, how serious are they, and then I will present them with the price range. I'll, I'll present them with the solution, I'll explain what I do, then I'll present them with the price range and see if they want to com- to commit to a consultation and assessment. Um, and so mm-hmm. if they don't, then I'll put them on my ma- nurturing list, uh, If they do, then they have the consultation. We'll go over all their goals again. I'll explain what's going on. And, you know, I've been playing with this process. This is part of what was taught to me through the business coach. And I've been playing with it to make it my own. Um, And, you know, definitely for what I'm, yeah, definitely for what I'm doing is initially I didn't want to do a, a movement session, but it's, you know, they've, most of the, what's really what I love about my marketing is I don't market Pilates very heavily. I, I market move without pain. So really doing the benefits based marketing. And then they're, they're, most of the people have never done Pilates before. So they come in and they need to get on the equipment to understand that it's not going to kill them, <laughs> that it feels good. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, and then after that, usually, you know, uh, once they're in, once I've got them in for a consult, it's usually like an 80% close rate on that, 80, so 80, 85%. Yeah. Um,
1: and with you coming yeah. off of the training floor, is it you that handles most of these consults and sales? That's proposals? the
2: other thing that's kind of morphing. Is, so I just feel like I was doing the consultation because I thought as a health coach, I'd kind of be the main point. But it just it doesn't seem to be the best solution. So uh, I'm i I use Wix as my my platform, and I have built I'm building a sales intake process for my trainers so that they have everything online that they need to ask and do. And and we're gonna you know I'm gonna start having this the trainers do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so able a to take a sense. step
1: back even more and the natural evolution of yeah. entrepreneurship steps in, right? At a certain point, you want to delegate these responsibilities. Yeah. As you look forward, Aaron, tell me a little bit about how you see the future of this business shaping up. Our conversation so far has really just been, where do you get leads and, and how do we convert yeah. them? But what's the the bigger picture for you with this business? Where do you see things... A year from now, well, two years from now, five years from now.
2: I mean, uh, I the original plan was to do several different deliverables. As for, you know, what what we've developed, which is great, is you know, as far as the training goes, there's kind of like a we program every one to two months, and then from there, everything is just replicated, leveraged. So we can go into. We're going to go back into on demand. Um, we might be working actually in corporate wellness um, helping being a provider for active aging for a company which is um and we also are. i'm i'm now that i'm really into the over uh, 50 market i'm looking at things like 55 and over communities um and trying to figure out what's the best way to go are we going to do a licensing thing I'd love to set up mini studios in these different communities and have, um, you know, we're, we're developing a really nice training program for instructors. So, so as far as live goes, you know, we definitely are looking at in a year opening up a second location on the other side of town here. Um, And then eventually, you know, Uh, I'm not sure if we'll, you know, uh, both my partner and I, are. we're Les Mills trainers, so we have a big passion for coaching people um, and doing teacher training. So I have a feeling we will try to do some licensing and possibly um, offering some teacher training programs as well. So there's a professional education side of this, and that's also designed, and I'd love to do a marketing component But it's just designed on how to reach these people in a different way. And, you know, I feel like I've solved a lot of these problems um, on how to market to these people, not just the older market, but people who are afraid to exercise. Yeah. um, And providing assistance with that as well.
1: It's It's a fun question, Aaron, because entrepreneurship allows you to go whatever route makes sense for you right it it sounds like you still have the desire to have this studio component but evolving it to the next phase of this business and and really delivering the instructor side of this the professional development as you it, it allows you to impact even more people down the road I think the licensing play is a certain certainly an interesting way to go about it but it'll be cool to see how it shapes up for you because like I said you could you could take this any number of ways so
2: and I think that you know overall there's there's just there's a bravery and there's some uh and support that's needed in order for people to switch their marketing style because it's pretty scary to totally switch from maybe like showing, showing marketing style, or, or what I call the rock star marketing style, where it's about the trainer and really truly shifting to it being about the client. Um, and it's, it's scary, but if you hold on, it works. <laughs> and, and it's super enjoyable. Like the whole idea of, you know, what are the clients you want, going after the clients you want instead of just the clients that pay. Is, yeah. is pretty it's, awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah. when you it's, find a, it. it's an advantageous position to be in and it, it all resorts back to the marketing that you were talking about, right Good marketing at the end of the yeah. day should repel people who aren't the right fit for your product just as much as it should attract people who do fit your yeah. your need. So and
2: the, I think Aaron, the that's other... a
1: fantastic place for us to start to wrap up. I'm sorry we're, we're running right. a bit shy on time here, but before we sign out of here, Give the people listening a quick idea of, of where they could find you. What's the best website? Where are the social media accounts? How can they find out more about yeah. this?
2: So the website is livelifemoving.com and on Facebook and Instagram's livelifemoving as well. Um, those are the, the easiest ways to, to find me.
1: Fantastic. Simple and straightforward, live life moving down in St. Petersburg. Aaron, this has been a bunch of fun. I really, really appreciate your, your willingness to contribute and talk about the successes as well as the struggles of entrepreneurship. We'll have to get you back on sometime again in the future. Cause it sounds like you and I have a number of things that we didn't quite get Absolutely. to.
2: But for the
1: time being, I appreciate it. I can't wish you and even, excuse me. I can't wait to see how this shapes up for you in the future. And I wish you nothing but the best. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always until next time, Jim Lord's out.
0: Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode.
3: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Mallory Diamond with Box Strong out of Pennsylvania. Mallory, what's going on? Happy Tuesday. How are you feeling today?
4: I'm good, JJ. Thanks for having me on the show.
3: Yeah, we appreciate you being here. We're excited to have you on. And you know, before we dive in to the nitty-gritty here of what you have going on with Box Strong, you know, we want to go ahead and give the viewers a little perspective, right? We'll give you the floor here. And if you can, Mallory, in your words, how would you describe Box Strong and what you guys do? <clears throat>
4: Yeah, so Box Strong is very much community based. Um, and I say that first, because we've just kind of evolved through many different fitness schemes. Um, I started just training a bunch of moms in my community right after I had my daughter. And that's kind of how our community started. And then we've just adjusted to the needs and the desires and passions of our community. Um, so that's where our focus has started. And it's kind of continued. But uh, where we are right now is we are a boxing fitness company. Um, we train in both you know, form and technique of boxing on equipment such as heavy bags, speed bags, trick bags, and mitt work. Um, But we also bring in the core elements of strength training, which I'm extremely passionate about, and I find is essential to preventing injury and just healing the body in general. So um, we really bring those two together uh, to provide a great workout experience. And then obviously, that all revolves around community.
3: Awesome. I love that you're putting the clients at the forefront. And that's all it's really about, right? I think you got to put them first. Awesome, Mallory. And so we'll kind of dive right into it here. We'll start with the bare bones basics. Um, how many members are you serving currently?
4: So we have a total of 667 members. Um, that is an interesting number because that's not our monthly memberships, but we consider anyone who's ever come through our doors one of our members. So that's our current member rate. Um, we're probably serving about 200 people currently that are more on a regular retention cycle. Um okay. But I, you know, it's an open door policy. If you can only make yeah. it once a month, we're ready to welcome you once a month, even if it's twice a year, you know, we still have people excited to just walk back through the door. So yeah. 600 plus, but i about 200 right now.
3: Yeah, that's great. And I, I love how you're so open to to having anybody who's been a part of that community stay a part of the community, right? It's, it doesn't matter, no contract, like, you know, no stipulations, just can come in whenever you want and as you please. I think that's amazing um definitely unique right i think a lot of people don't offer that and i think it really goes to show that it truly is a community right it's more than just a studio more than a gym um it truly is a a a second or third home for some people right because you have work home and then the gym (laughs) i think it's a the main pillars there. Right. So
4: comfort growing up was always home fitness. I always self-trained. I loved working out at home. And so when I started training other women, I realized what an intimidating experience the gym was for them. Um, and so our goal is to be anything but that it's to be welcoming, yeah. it's to be encouraging. It's to not make you feel bad if you've stepped away for a little while, because we all have to from time to time. So, yeah. um, yeah, that's, that's a, f- a huge focus for us.
3: Totally, totally. And I'm glad, you, you, again, I always say, if you can put the clients ahead and, and you even almost relate to them, right? Because you're a mother as well and you can relate to training mothers and women in general. I think that is what has to be the driving factor, right? Because if you put profit ahead of everything and just metrics, numbers, margins, you're going to be chasing something blankly, right? You're not going to have a care for people. You're going to look at them as dollar signs, not as people. And you're the complete opposite of that. So I appreciate that. And I'm sure your clients do as well. You. And um, so- Moving on to this question here, Mallory, I think it brings a good perspective as well for for the viewers. With being at that, you know, two hundred mark with the with the consistent EFT and then six hundred total, I mean, what's been that best method to get those new people interested? I mean, how have you grown to that point?
4: Word of mouth. Um, we actually do not do a significant amount of advertising because word of mouth has been such a significant spread. Um, you know, like I said, we're community-based, so it's always invite a friend. It's, um, t- you know, tell somebody about it. And, you know, this coming week will be Labor Day. We'll hold an outdoor workout where, you know, we're not confined to our space, but we're going to a park so we can have people invite whoever they like. Um, so that has been huge for us, just being able to invite someone to one of our community events and then plugging them in for their first session free at our gym. That way, you know, I don't want you to make an investment in something you're not sure about. So come check me out. Come check out our facility, our training, our style, See if it's the right fit for you. You know, you got to find what you love so it's sustainable. Yeah. So, between word of mouth and then that free experience for them to try it out, that has just been a really great recipe for us.
3: Yeah. And that's awesome. I mean, I think at the end of the day, um, if you're good at what you do with your fulfillment, in turn, the reward of that is referrals, right? If people are going to talk good about you, they're going to mention you. I think whatever I, I know this for a fact being in the fitness industry for a long time. It's when someone gets a trainer immediately, it's like the first thing they talk about when they're at any outing, any part, Oh, I have a personal trainer. Like what, where are they at? And like, if they're doing good, they're going to talk good about you, but they're not doing so good. You're like, mm, I'm not so sure about this person, <laughs> but obviously not a problem for you over there. That's awesome. And uh, now I, I always like to ask this to you, because I think sometimes this has been a lot of the questions we get to get through the years to, you, you know, because um, I think a lot of gym owners, do use word of mouth, and it's. I think it's going to be a staple forever, right? Not even just in the gym industry, but just in business in general. But what other avenues have you tried that have been successful for you? Whether it's been social media, or unorthodox methods like you know the old school flyers or guerrilla marketing, right? You're just going business to business. I mean, what else has yearned a positive result?
4: Yeah, social media has definitely been a huge help. In fact, I I dabbled in a little bit of online as well. So I got to learn sort of the backbones of Facebook and Instagram and um, understanding when the peak times are to be pushing out marketing materials. Now it's any time really, people are always scrolling, (laughs) but at one point there were peak times, right? And so, um, you know, I definitely have a little background in that and have utilized it. But again, it complements our community aspect. I take as many videos and photos during class where it doesn't interfere with my Ability to coach as I can, and I tag, tag, tag so that my people can share on their profiles what they're doing. And then again, it just becomes word of mouth. So, um, yeah. we're just kind of integrating the two philosophies, if you will. Yeah.
3: And I think it really goes back to piggybacking on, on making it feel like a community, right? If you alleviate that concern of gym intimidation, right, which is a very, very real thing, if you eliminate that and then you get people to participate in these videos, right, or just be okay with being in the videos and you can tag them it becomes a chain because they want to show that they're making progress. They want to show that they're in the gym. And then so I'm sure you know, I I mean, you you can see it pay dividends, right? People will be like, oh, wow, like she's working out there. And that looks like so much fun. And that looks like they're really having a good time. Like, what are they doing over there? And then they get curious, right? And everybody wants to be part of a community. They want to feel that, right? It's just, it's human nature. So I I love that, Mallory. You're you're really, really putting the the priorities in the right places. I'll, I'll tell you that. That's great stuff. And, um, you know, I, especially with this number here, I want to kind of dive very deep into this here too, because um, we'll get off the topic of marketing here and dive a little bit into kind of the tracking sense. I mean, realistically having anywhere between 150 plus members is a lot. I don't care if you have a team of 10 people behind you or one person or that is a lot of people. So you're at 200, you know, all the way upwards to 600. I mean, obviously at, at different times here, but, How do you manage that? I mean, how would you, where do you even start? Like, how do you track, you know, how long someone's been with you? If they're looking to cancel, if they just started, how do you know those numbers?
4: I could be more graceful about it, I'm sure. But um, it's been a learning process and it's constantly evolving. You know, like I mentioned, I started training moms in the park. And so when I first started doing that after I had my daughter, it was through a Facebook invite and I didn't even know the people who were showing up. So it was just people would come and they drop five bucks wow. on my notebook, maybe, you know, and um, that's just kind of how I started. So I didn't have a great tracking system from the start and kind of bouncing in and out of different locations until I was able to really root myself. Um, That was a challenge, but, and it's also integrated somewhat into my personal life too, right? Managing it on your cell phone with your phone number and things like that. So it's come into play a lot of setting boundaries, getting a nice database set up. Um, You know, the website provider I use has a fantastic system for me. So that's what I've been utilizing. And it's really helped me to track my metrics. It's really helped me to track my client base addresses and phone numbers and all of that. Um, and it helps me also launch out emails to mass groups, right? I'm able to reach 700 people um, who maybe haven't been with me for three years, but they still know I care and I'm still reaching out. Yeah. So um, it's evolved, but I think we're in a good place.
3: Yeah, that's great. I mean, as long as you made that progression, I think that's all that matters. And you've identified it, right? I think it's almost a sense, right, where, where you know, especially being a fitness professional, it's like we track everything, right? Our macros, body fat, how much weight is on the bar, and sometimes we forget our metrics i mean i think that's one of the biggest things that fitness professionals forget because they don't you don't start this to be a business pro right you start to be a fitness pro and then you don't really realize how important those numbers truly are sometimes you say, oh, I'm, I'm managing i'm getting by but then you get to the point where you feel that clutter i feel like once you hit like that 50 client mark you're like geez like there's a, this is impossible to manage <laughs> it gets too much so you need that you need those tracking sheets or whatever you use, right? The database that you do use. I'm sorry. So, um, but no, I. that's great. That's great. You've identified it and you've it progressed there. So that's awesome stuff there, Mallory. I appreciate the response. I appreciate the honesty there too. Um, And so got to ask a little bit of a longer one question, but a good question in itself, right? A good way to kind of identify areas for improvement and a little self reflection question here. So if you need me to repeat anything, by all means, just let me know, but just uh, bear with me on it. All right. Um, You know, what we've been discussing this entire podcast and what, Used pretty predominantly in the fitness and gym industry are going to be three pillars of business, right? That's going to be your lead generation. Which is your marketing, right? Getting people through the door, your acquisition, which is your sales, which is getting somebody from being an interested client to a paying client. And then you have your retention and Ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So Mallory of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most?
4: I would say Ascension, um, We have a really great experience getting people to hear about us and get in our door. Um, I could do a much better job of valuing what our business can do and what it can offer people. Um, There is definitely a portion of our business that is focused on outreach ministry, um, being able to to provide uh, services to a diverse group of people and being able to be in the center of a community. And so I'm very passionate about remaining within um, business parameters that allow us to do that. But at the same time, we're also in a world where um, everyone's trying to do their best to grow their business. And um, I can only sustain if I'm making the right kind of money to do that, right? So um, in order to continue serving people long term, prioritizing that is important and imperative. So I know that that's very personal, but um, I just wanted to be totally upfront with you. Um, Just being able to you know, kind of change our fee structure is really a next step for us to being able to lean towards sustainability.
3: Yeah. No, and I appreciate how candid you've been this entire time. I think that's that's major because I think whether you're listening as a, a potential client or if you're listening to as a, a future gym owner or a current gym owner, I think it, it's that transparency goes a long way. I think we're in an era of authenticity, right? I think that for a long time, the industry was kind of mass like oh you need this you need that and and deception almost just because the people lack that knowledge on on just what they're actually buying what they're getting into right um but i think here when you can be that that authentic and that that candid i mean you can be it's just a genuine right when you can have that that openness people appreciate that you know and and it's true and i think you have to also know your value too right i think at one point i mean look we (laughs) At the end of the day, you you love your clients and you care and you're in the business of helping people, but you don't hate money either, right? You need to keep the doors open. So I, I think that's kind of the perspective I have here. So I think that's that's totally fine. I think there's nothing wrong with that, right? And that's, that's I'll, I appreciate you sharing that. I really do. And I think the viewers will appreciate it as well. Um, and so two more questions for you, Mallory. Uh, my two favorite questions. Um, I'm curious to see your answers too, honestly. I think you've given some really good answers so far. I mean, these are more kind of like opinion questions right like in your own experience and what you want to do Um, so first one's going to be what's the bigger picture long term what are you trying to accomplish
4: So it's interesting you're asking me that because we are in the midst of expanding or trying to expand. Um, You know, we started BoxStrong four years ago, coming up on four years ago. Our community started about seven years ago, but um, BoxStrong itself started at four years. And um, we started by renting space from a facility and then COVID kind of just stirred the pot on that a little bit, as I'm sure it did with many businesses, Um, but we just found ourselves without space. Um, And that was by choice. We actually elected um, to relocate. And so we went right back to my roots and we started training in the parks again, um, a a big group of people. And, you know, it was like everyone was desperate for community and they felt comfortable meeting outside in the middle of COVID. So we grew monumentally during that time, like more than I could have ever foreseen. Like it was just crazy when you put limitations on things, what God can do with that. And so just grew our community immensely. And then it was like, oh no, we live in Pennsylvania. Winter is coming, right? So we hurried up and tried to search for our own space. We knew that was the right next step for us. And we were able to locate that two years ago. And we're actually wow. in New Brighton, Pennsylvania. It's just a small town okay. right really close by. And uh, that's where we've been. But it was limited to only 13 members in our classes. Now, if you look at our group of 600 or you know, 200 at any given time versus 13 members in a class. We know in the fitness industry, peak times the business. If you can only fit 13 people, you're going to lose people over time. And so that's where we are. Um, We're at the point where if you can't get into a class, you're losing your routine. And I never want that for people. So we are on the hunt for a bigger space. We knew this was a stepping stone for us. So um, we have actually been searching through um, various properties, still standalone. Uh, We're looking to acquire maybe 3,000 square foot would be great in order to achieve what we want, which is to get 20 participants into class, continue to build on that community experience, and also offer some open gym times. Um, Also, been working with some partners to be able to create some online programs for people to be able to do when they're not able to be with us. You know, we've had members move away, but they still feel connected. We want them to be able to achieve that, um, as well as some video formats for them.
3: Wow. That's awesome. I, I, again, I want to thank you for the honesty throughout this whole entire thing. I mean, I think it's awesome. I think you guys are going to kill it when you guys expand and you get to that point. Um, I, I It's not, again, I want to really reemphasize this. I've said it probably two or three times already, but I think for how authentic you are and how genuine you are and how much you really care about these clients, I think it, it it's, people make decisions based on emotion, right? And I'm sure that's why you said it, once they come through the door, it's kind of easy to get them to be here. And I think that's the biggest thing. I think it's literally a matter of like, uh, how much bigger can we get? You know, like, I mean, are you going to need to expand two, three, four more times to like a 20,000 square foot location because you just have that many people? Um, but I think um, that's awesome. That is awesome. Just a, true, true, true. Like a great picture of what it means to change lives and be an in industry to help people. And that's awesome. That's awesome, Mallory. You don't see it too often, but you care, you care. Um, and one last question for you. One last question, my favorite question. <laughs> you know, Mallory, uh if you could go back in time here to when you first started the gym, right? Sit yourself down and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started. What would that advice be for you?
4: I think bigger. You know, I kept um this entire time, these entire 4 years, I've just kept solving problems. Um, you know, we would run into a roadblock and we'd solve it and we'd figure out a way around it or a way through it. It was just continuing to solve problems. And I wish we wouldn't have put so many obstacles in our way. And I say we, I I think I put a lot of obstacles in my way by, you know, not thinking big enough, not believing big enough in what um, we could be or what our program could be. And so I think if I could go back to me four years ago, it would have been think bigger, think about what it would be like if it exploded and then set yourself up for, you know, filling that space as opposed to let's just use a bunch of stepping stones. You know, I've even mentioned that in my last answer. We knew it was a stepping stone. Well, why? Why did I let that stepping stone be there? Why didn't I just think big? And so, um, you know, you don't want to be frivolous. You don't want to be um, thoughtless with your spending or with your choices. But I do think there's such an important aspect of dreaming and and visualizing big. Um, So that way, you know what to aim for, even if it means you do smaller steps along the way, you can see that goal out there. So um, I I don't know if that's the mom in me or female brain or what it is. It just kind of like you know, have all these cushions around, but I really wish I would have opened my mind up a bit more. And so as we head into this next phase, that's what I'm trying to do. So what I would have told myself four years ago is what I'm trying to tell myself now. Just dream a little bigger, think a little bigger and uh, let God work how he works.
3: Mallory, that was a mic drop of an answer. Way to close it out there. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, you know, please shout out your Instagram, Facebook, website, anything you may have. Where can people find out more about you and the yeah, gym? You can
4: find us at Box Strong Life, B O X T S T R O N G L I F E, at Box Strong Life on Instagram and on Facebook. You can see what all of our clients are up to. Um, it's a lot of women getting after some really good fitness. So i love to you know welcome you as new followers.
3: There we go. There you go, Mallory. Absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you could stick around for two seconds, or more or just to let you know how you're going to get the podcast, I'd appreciate it. I'm just going to sign everybody else out over here, okay? All right, thanks. Awesome, cool. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us, and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out.
0: Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
5: Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Nadine from The Fitness Joint in South Scottsdale, Arizona. What's up, Nadine? How are you today?
6: What's up, girl? I'm doing good. I'm excited to be here.
5: Good, good. Glad to hear it. Glad to have you here. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. So let's jump right into the details. Wasting no time. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? Well, I actually
6: didn't start my professional career owning a gym. I I was actually a kindergarten and second grade teacher for five years. That's how I started. So I never really had an intention of opening a gym. But at the same time, I was starting my fitness journey, had lost weight. Had gotten a trainer, um, competed in a competition, all while I was um, in school and then becoming a teacher. So after five years of teaching, I was like, you know what? This isn't for me. I like teaching. I like the kids. The profession it, as a whole wasn't for me, and I ended up working at my doctor's office for a few a few months as the front desk receptionist. And I looked for a job in sales because I figured, okay. I'm good. I'm good at talking. I'm good at teaching sales is the natural progression. So I found a job for um, a medical equipment company. Um, I did really well. I became a sales manager and I did that for five years. And so I, uh, I wanted to continue, but the company went out of business. So I found another job and this job was, was the turning point for me. So it was, I was a district sales manager at Avon. So one component of it was, teaching sales. And another component of it was to help representatives grow their business. And it was a very, very challenging, demanding job. And it was just too much for me. It was, it was a corporate job Mm -hmm. and I'd never worked for a corporation and I didn't really like the corporate vibe. I just, it wasn't for me. And so I'm thinking to myself, I'm very unhappy. I don't like this. I like people, I like helping people, but this is not for me. And so I decided that, you know what, I'm a teacher, I'm in sales, I know how to start a business because I worked for Avon, we taught women how to build their businesses in theory, Mm -hmm. and I thought, well, I might as well do it with my own passion, which happened to be working out, and this whole time, you know, I've been working with different trainers, working out, competing all throughout this this course of my, my work life, so one day I was like, you know, having an anxiety attack, and I'm like, this job sucks so bad, I need to get out, and I was like, that's it. I'm going to do personal training. I'm going to do personal training. I'm going to, I'm going to start my own business. Like, I was just like, I have to do this. So I got my certification right towards like, oh, I got uh, i I'm sorry. I had an injury at work. And so I was out for three weeks. So I started studying for my certification during then. And it was shortly after that. I was like, I was like, okay, I can't take this much longer. I need to quit. So I had a um, presentation the next day. Every ad manager had to do a presentation and I just didn't do it because I told myself I was going to quit during the staff meeting before I, I went up. And it was like towards the end of the girl before me. And I went to the manager. I'm like, I can't do this. I can't give you what I need. And I basically quit. And after that is when I started my business. I started um, with my friends and family on social media on Facebook. And of course, just family that I, I contacted, I had a referral from my, my, one of my trainers and he ended up referring like 50 of his friends. Cause he was a college kid and had a big network. I mean, throughout the years, but right. so that's how I started. And then, um, you know, slowly, but surely it built from there, but that's, that's how I became a business owner. And I'll never, I'll never go back to working for anyone else. Uh, I will always be an entrepreneur from here on out.
5: Yes, I love it. And I'm
6: having, and this is my, this is financially, this is my slowest year yet. And it's not awesome to be slow. It's just not. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I mean, it's not, it's, it's probably, I haven't performed as good as I would have liked to this year compared to others, but I would still rather be in this position than working and being unhappy. You know what I mean?
5: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, good for you for taking that step to make that happen for yourself, you know, and do something that you actually enjoy. Most people are so afraid to ever take that step and do what they actually want to do because they're afraid. You know, they're afraid to be uncomfortable. They're afraid to be put in situations that are uncertain
6: you know what though? My eyelids were twitching. My stomach was hurting. I was like dreaming work. I was dreading the meetings. I was crying. It's like, to me, that was the lesser of the, that was, that was more of the two evils, like taking that risk and failing was way more like pleasant than continuing to do what I was doing. And so I listened to myself internally and I thought, this is not, this is not for me. This is not where I want to be. I can't stand this, and I also was had just been dumped too, so it was like a double whammy.
5: Oh no, yeah, Yeah.
6: it was a double whammy. It was just like you got dumped, and um, this job sucks. What you gonna do about it?
5: Right. So yeah, and it's like yeah. I was just gonna say it's that saying like you know choose your heart. You know it's like are you gonna choose to stay in this position where you're extremely uncomfortable and you hate your job and you're miserable? Or a lot of people do that.
6: yes exactly and you know what i'm gonna be honest my mom she's 82 she's a little freak i love her to death she's latina mom right she she is obsessed with drinking margaritas and living her best life
5: i love yeah.
6: it yeah she's amazing i wish i could bring her on the interview but it would be totally irrelevant um <laughs> no she's she's cute uh, maybe you can see her at the end when we're done with this but that's not <laughs> Um, but she's like, you can do it. You can do this. You can do whatever you want. Like she, she had a broken leg for two days before she's like, you know what? I'm going to go to the hospital. This is wrong. Like she's motivated. She's driven. I mean, she had me when she was 40, that's number one. So that tells you everything you need to know. So <laughs> I had her as a role model and my dad was always working. And so it kind of just, I had, I had the setup for it, the upbringing for it. Like, not that they taught me to be, um, business owner, but to like, if you go for it, you can do it, that type of attitude, right? you know? So that, that's something that I have that I don't know if other entrepreneurs had, but it's definitely, um, I have to acknowledge that as a reason why.
5: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's huge. You know? And, um, I have similar kind of situations in, in my family, multiple entrepreneurs, they own their own businesses and I'm always used to everybody saying like, okay, you did that. Great. What's next? You know, it was always like, yeah. cool, not good enough. You know, yeah. So, and that, which
6: is, that stays with you. Yes. <laughs> and it's not true.
5: It's not true, but you think it's true because you've yeah. been hearing it for years and years. Right. Yes. Yep. So it definitely pushes you, which is, mm-hmm. you know, a good thing. And it, it gets you to that next level that a lot of people are either afraid to take that step or just don't want to feel uncomfortable or you know whatever it might be absolutely. but they're limited you know so yeah, i absolutely. admire that for sure yeah. thank you
6: so much i yeah. mean i say if i can do it anybody can do it because i feel like i'm the laziest non-laziest laziest person you've you've ever met i don't know if that makes any sense but like i don't do sometimes i just don't do anything and i and i have to not do anything you know cuz i need to keep my sanity
5: yeah. Right.
6: Oh, but <laughs> Absolutely. if you do business, you can't be lazy. So it's like kind of like a balance of the two.
5: Definitely. Definitely. So as far as your facility goes now, what does the business model look like? How do you structure things? Do you do group classes, one-on-one, semi-privates, kind of walk us through the layout?
6: Well, my business kind of modeled was was always similar i started so when i started i started subleasing at a mixed martial arts gym here in tempe called arizona combat sports and actually should add this so i was already trained with a trainer and when i decided to do um personal training he contacted he um uh, gave me the, the GM's, the owner's information. And the owner said, you can have train here for three months. And then after that, we charge rent so you can build your business. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's where I started my business. And I kind of like, wasn't sure what my, what my goal was like, and I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't have all I, all I knew, I don't, I didn't have a five-year business plan. I didn't write down my goals. I'm not, I'm not recommending this. Okay. I'm not, but this is, I'm just telling you how I, how I did it. I literally just started and kept going and then went on Yelp and then went on Thumbtack and then went on Google and got referrals and just, it kept building. Um, so initially it was kind of just like, um, you know, like weight loss and like, I'll train you over here. I'll train you over there. Cause I didn't really have a, a um, you know, an actual model. But now, um, flash forward nine and a half years, I have my own gym and I do mostly small group training and one-on-one training. Um, the groups are mostly between two to five people and the training is individualized. So I have someone who wants to get ready for a wedding. I'm going to train them for that. You know, maybe they have knee issues or they don't like jumping or they refuse to run, Whatever. So like I have everything is customizable. So then I have someone who wants to compete in their first bikini competition, her training and her dieting are going to be completely different than the person who, you know, just wants to drop 20 pounds. And, um, and so, so I can have a group of like between two to six and I'm still providing like a one-on-one feel, but you're getting There's a group there, and it's like motivating. I prefer that type of setting because it's challenging, it's motivating to the others, it's competitive, but like in a positive way. Like you can see people's progress, and then you compliment them. It's like a it's like a nice little kind of community where you know if you're gonna get tortured, you might as get well tortured with your friends, you know. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, so and most of my clients are weight loss. Um, I occasionally I have um, people for strength and endurance, but I cater mostly to weight loss. Got it. And, okay. and then I have one on one clients um, here and there when I, my schedule allows. Um, but recently I hired a trainer to help me when I you know I'm busy, and then I have an ASU intern working with me so she's she's now doing her little her little uh rotations and studies with with um her classes in my gym and I'm really excited about that
5: yeah that's awesome it's always good to have a little bit of help you know
6: oh yeah <laughs> especially when
5: you're used to doing it all yourself so
6: did I answer fun. your question I feel like I went off on a tangent
5: oh yeah no you're good you, okay. you definitely answered it okay. um so overall how many clients or members are you currently serving
6: Well, I have a small boutique studio. It's about 1100 square feet. Mm -hmm. Um, I have, um, you know, commercial like weights, barbells, dumbbells, a a treadmill, a a rower, but, you know, it's not like an LA fitness where they have the variety of machines. And Mm -hmm. so I have, you know, I don't have like an open gym. So I, I keep it to about, I don't know, let's say right now between 25 to 30 active clients depending on the time of year during the holidays it can dip a little lower mm-hmm. and actually this summer it dipped a lot lower than than normal um this was a slow usually i'm busy in the summer i know clients or trainers say they're they're really busy in the summer and for for basically the past 8 years every summer has been very busy for me except for mm-hmm. this one so um yeah there's there's times where it does dip but i would say between 25 to 30 that's group individual and then some people drop in some people don't come consistently. So um, I'm not even including those people.
5: <laughs> right, yeah. So I mean, ideally, in your perfect world, where would you like that membership number to be consistently?
6: Probably, so I don't lose my mind with help, probably between 50, 50 to 60. Right, Yeah.
5: okay. Yeah,
6: double actually, if yeah. I'm being honest.
5: Right, okay. Um, and so as far as, Advertising goes marketing, getting the word out there about what it is that you do. How do you go about that?
6: Well, that's evolved. So, initially, what I did was what I started a Yelp page and had my clients leave reviews. And then there was a website called Thumbtack. Oh, there is still a website called Thumbtack that helps um, business people, trainers in my case, get leads. And when it first started, it was amazing. It was like through you they gave you the lead. They showed you the age, where they were located, what they were looking for, their days of availability. And, you know, you get, you got to pick if you chose the lead or not, you would pay for the lead. Now it's 20 something dollars a lead and the person can just choose you and you have no choice. And they can be like in Gilbert or, you know, far away, which is not a good fit. So they're, so they haven't been that, I don't even use them anymore. They're like not even in the part of the budget, but so they were really good for the first three years. Amazing. I advertised on Craigslist for free and I got a lot of good clients from Craigslist. I mean, I, I, they were consistent and honestly, so most of the Craigslist clients I have are still with me mm-hmm. after all these years. So that at the time Craigslist was before up, that was really a, a good way. And then I had um, a college student at ASU who had like a big net network of friends, he was in multiple groups, um, you know, diff- he had, he was dual nationality, he had different, um, you know, different uh, connections in, in, in the campus, and so he provided a lot of the, the, the beginning business for me, so then I was like, okay, I have to, I have to like change from college kids, because they're, they're, they leave most of the time, like that can't be my base of client, only base right. of client. So then, um, you know, I, I started, you know, Facebook and Instagram and doing posts. And, um, so I, I've been doing, I did that for about like six years, but the past three years I've been doing more like, um, uh, like Facebook marketing or Facebook, uh, ads, Google ads. Um, I, I got a social media person to, to help with my content and to, you know, hopefully generate, you know, some business Mm -hmm. it's a little different I feel like and, and for exercise because I unless you provide an online platform which I don't it's kind of hard to like you know to to really find people in Scottsdale right like I mean the web is huge and you're attracting a huge audience so it's like a little more challenging for me in that regard I believe my my social media person says it doesn't matter but you know I am not the expert I I listen to her
5: Yeah. I mean, as long as you, especially when we talk about paid advertising, the nice thing about that is that you can target it to a specific, Exactly. right. It's like, you can target it to a seven mile radius, you know, and only speak to the people within that seven mile radius that are interested in fitness, you know? So that's huge as far as getting a return on investment, whether it be a return on time investment, it saves a lot of time to do that. And then it also saves, um, you know, a a lot of money, if you make sure that you've actually targeted your ads properly. I think a lot of people get caught up in situations where, especially when we talk about paid advertising, where they've spent money on ads on platforms, different platforms. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of ins and outs. There's a lot of specifics to it. And they don't necessarily know that in the beginning, right? So they just throw some cash toward it and then press yeah. the stickers and hope for the best. But unfortunately, that's not the way it works, right? But- yeah, That's how I did math, it. Right, right. And that's what most people do in the beginning because you don't know, right? And then you learn as you go and you figure it out. But you know, if you can really get it down to a science and figure it out and target it properly and you know, drawing the right people in the doors on a monthly basis, that is how you reach that next level of growth if you don't have a consistent reliable system in place to generate quality leads for the business on a consistent basis you can't grow the business
6: good luck honey (laughs)
5: yeah right exactly do you you have experience
6: in, in ads and marketing it sounds like you do
5: so I used to have a kickboxing gym. Oh, very yes. cool! And um, I scaled the gym to a hundred thousand dollars a month. And if it wasn't sure. for Facebook advertising, it never would have gotten there. So I'm a Good huge, job. huge advocate for Facebook advertising. Um,
6: Did you do your own marketing? I or didn't. did you hire someone.
5: Okay. Um, I did hire somebody to do it because okay. I wanted to make sure I was focusing on my attention on other aspects of the business. Absolutely. Um, but I was able to do that eventually because of getting the return on investment from the people coming in the doors. Um, Absolutely. and you know, it only makes sense if you can set it up to get three to one returns on ad spend, right? Spend a dollar, get three back. A lot right. of people get into situations where they run ads, but then they, they run low barrier offers, you know, like a free class or a free week or uh whatever it might be. But yeah. the people coming in typically aren't paying anything. Yeah. Whereas on the flip side of that, if you can do a high ticket front end offer, that's where the money is, right? That's where that next yeah. level of growth is. And you typically get more qualified, more serious people. With that, yeah, which is great too, because they get better results. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day. So
6: Perfect. Yeah. I love that. Thanks for I mean, I kind of knew that, but it's nice to hear it reiterated again because it's not my my forte, obviously. Mm-hmm. So yeah, thank you for that.
5: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, a lot of people are afraid of it or they're afraid of high ticket offers, or it's hard, you know, it's hard to break past either limiting beliefs or, you know, your own beliefs about money or your own beliefs about what other people are willing to pay, especially because in our position, it's like, we don't necessarily need somebody to tell us how to work out, right? We don't need somebody to tell us how to eat. We don't need somebody to hold us accountable to go to the gym because we love working out. Yeah. It's not like that for the people that you're trying to attract into your gym. Right. Right. It's like, they don't know what they need to do in the gym. They don't know how to fuel their body. They need somebody to say, Hey, you didn't show up today. Where are you? They need yeah. that. You know, and they value that higher than you probably do. Right. So it's important. Yeah, probably. To keep in mind, right. It's important to keep in mind that you are not your client, your ideal client. You right. know? And and sometimes that can be hard to separate. Well, there's a
6: disconnect. Things. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Like, what do you mean you
6: didn't eat 30 grams of protein yesterday?
5: (laughs) (laughs) That's nothing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to um, put yourself in their position and, you know, and speak to them. That's why a lot of times it's like, people say find your niche, right? But it's like, if you can define a super specific avatar and even like to the point of, creating this person right and you know what they do for work and what their day looks like do they have kids Do they not have kids you know they have a family where do they live you know all of these different things and then when you write your ads you can speak directly to that person and the problems that they're probably experiencing on a daily basis when you come up with the content that you're posting it's so much easier because you're like okay this person is in this position they're probably tired you know they've worked all day they got to go home take care of the kids they got to make dinner they have to do this like put yourself in their yeah. position you know it's like what problems are they experiencing what do they need what areas do they need help in and then you can speak specifically to that it's so much easier to come up with content first of all and then second of all to target the right people um, yeah. to, to get in the doors you know so it makes it so much easier than just trying to cast a wide net which most people do right because they want to try to serve everybody but everybody knows what the saying is there you know it's like when you try to please yes. everybody you end up pleasing nobody so exactly ain't nobody got time for that no <laughs> exactly right exactly I gotta yes. please myself and my clients and we're good
6: and also my right. my mom, my mom yes. she has to be pleased
5: absolutely <laughs> It sounds that
6: way. (laughs) Yeah, she's demanding, but it's worth it because she's happy.
5: Absolutely. Awesome. I love that. So now let's see, as far as your goals go for the business, um, I always like to ask about like a unicorn goal, like perfect world situation. Where would the gym be in a year from now?
6: A year? Well, in a perfect world where, um, you know, life wasn't actually happening. (laughs) Um, I'm just kidding. It can happen anywhere. Um, It would be my gym right now, but I'm actually not training. I have trainers working for me so that I can work on growing the business in other avenues and working on other ventures, because that's really what I'd like is for this gym to generate on its own. Um, possibly not so much in this year, but just to get the gym generating, um, business consistently with, with two people who are not me. And I find that challenging because when I train my clients, they build the relationship with me. And even though I'm going to hire good trainers and they're going to be good. Now this is not true for everyone but I do tend to find that this is the case mm-hmm. so like it's like it's kind of weird to think okay so do I just be like well now you guys are with this person, like do they stay will they drop like you know what I mean like I haven't these are just things that are going through my head so uh yeah I would like to have it running on its own maybe I can market for it and spend time on the marketing and doing what I need to do for that department
5: Yeah. And I mean, that's what I call the golden handcuffs, you know, it's like the golden handcuffs. Yeah.
6: Yes. Give them to me, girl.
5: (laughs) Because, you know, you're stuck, you're stuck to the business, you're handcuffed to your clients because they expect you, you know, and there are so many gym owners that are in that position, even to the point where they put their name on the door when they first open, And then they're like, shit, I never should have put my name on the door because now everybody walks in and they expect me and I can never get out. Right. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of cool in the beginning because you're like, yeah, let's train with me. Right. But then it's yeah. like when you do want to step back a little bit and work on the business, super hard to work on the business when you're always working in the business. And it's kind of a barrier to growth for a lot of people because they can't get out enough and focus their attention on the things that are going to get them to the next level because are always in the gym on the floor training clients,
6: which reminds me of the other problem in this in this dream scenario is that finding good trainers. I mean, I think with any job really, but especially with trainers that are new or like they are not even new. Like it's hard to find someone that I would want to put my name behind. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people who are inconsistent who are just don't have the vibe, like every, every trainer has a vibe or they don't want to do the work. Like I've had, I mean, I've had young trainers, 22, 21 show more initiative than those who have been doing it for 20 years. And it's like, but then, you know, the younger ones tend to be a little more unreliable, Mm
5: -hmm.
6: you know, it's like, it's hard finding someone. So I have like my intern right now, she's great. I have, I did find a trainer that I like, um, but it's, it's new. So I still have them working with me and training under me and having them practice with my clients on rotations, but I'm still not a hundred percent sure, but at least I've gotten someone who's a little further along than I've ever gotten, but yeah, it has
5: been a challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely is challenging to find the right people. And what I always say is, it's like, you have to create an irresistible offer for your clients to get them in the doors, but then you also have to create an irresistible situation for trainers, right? So right. it basically to the point where it would be stupid for them to leave, right? Right. And so getting the gym into a position where, you know, maybe you can pay them a little bit more than the next guy, right. Or yeah. provide benefits, right. That's very rare in this industry. And if you can separate yourself there and get to a point where, you know, obviously it has to make sense within the business Budget. financially. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, but you know, if you can get to a point where that makes sense, then typically that really helps to separate you from the next gym, you know, and yes, people tend to be much more bought into that. If it's something that's rare that they can't find anywhere else, you know, they'll, it'll, it's, it works the same way as drawing in your clients, right? It's like the serious clients versus the non-serious clients, right? The ones that pay more are probably paying more attention. If you're paying more to your coaches, chances are they're probably paying more attention. They're probably putting more time into what they're doing. We hope anyways. Um, yeah, not always the absolutely. case, but it, it helps. Yeah. Um, absolutely. But yeah, but it's just getting to the point where that makes sense for the business first, obviously before you can offer that. So
6: that's sound advice, girl. I love this.
5: <laughs> Good. I always I try to provide value. Get,
6: I, so. I was, I did not know I was going to get free advice today. I'm yes. so cool.
5: <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love that. That's, you know, that's a big part of why we do the podcast, right? Because there are so many gym owners out there who experience the same things, right? And it's like, if we can get on the platform and share to a large group of people and, you know, everybody can share their own experiences and what works or what doesn't work, we can save time, we can save money and that's Make
6: it easier for everyone to win.
5: Exactly, absolutely. Love that. Um, So now... One thing I always love to ask about is the most important lesson that you've learned throughout your time in ownership. And I'm sure that there are many lessons you've learned along the way, but what's one that really sticks out to you? Uh, believing in yourself.
6: Um, just ha- like it's okay to have doubts, but believing in your abilities. Like in this, in this job, in this job, I've done things that I'm like, wow, I'm a motherfucking badass. Like, holy shit. (laughs) Right. Like you're like, yeah. And I'm like, wow, like I, I'm doing awesome. And like thinking that people, they, they want to start their business. They have a passion, but they're, they're the self-limiting beliefs or like they're, they're not willing to take the risk. Like having that self-belief is like, it doesn't have to be a hundred percent. It obviously doesn't. It, 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 there's always doubts and like, Oh my God, like for example, this year, it sucks. This year totally sucks for me. Um, and I'm like, do we even want to do this? I mean, I'm, this is also 10 years later, of course, but like, I, I'm just like, do I want to do this? This is really horrible. I mean, I'm having these thoughts in my head and then as soon as I get leads coming in, I'm like, Oh yeah, I definitely want to, I definitely want to do this. Right. But um, yeah, I, it's, it's, It's definitely, um, you know, believing in yourself is, is where it all began, honestly. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you're consistent, if you know, like, like, here's the thing. I, I am certified in personal training, but I probably, I definitely don't know as much like scientifically and medically, let's say if like a, as a physical therapist became a trainer, like he's gonna have more knowledge, more experience. But that's not why I have the clients I do. Um, I mean, yes, I'm not an idiot. I'm not gonna like, you know, crush your <laughs> crush your skull or you know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna right. keep you safe and keep your form, but like my clients come to see me because of me and and they and my motivation and because how I make them feel and how I can help them reach their goals and because it's a safe spot like you know like if you have anything to offer which most people do have something to offer the world mm-hmm. a skill set a talent and something make make use of it like put it put it forward you can do it it is risky but you can do it taking risks taking risks are scary and hard and there's no guarantees. Um, and it's always better than staying stagnant, unhappy and not growing. It's always a better option.
5: Absolutely. I completely agree. You know, it's like so many people just never experience even a fraction of what they're actually capable of just because of, not believing in themselves or being too afraid to take the step that they want to take or and it's sad you know it's sad to see people in in jobs that they hate and just going through life like life's too short it, for that. it
6: really is sad I have to chime in and agree with you it's like it, it like kills me because it's like oh my god like your health is suffering like I'm not, I'm not kidding you. Like, okay, so I'm 43 and I'm, I, ever since I started my business, I feel like I've aged better. Like, cause I'm happier. I'm stress-free. I don't have to Well, That's not true. I'm not stress-free. <laughs> I don't have to deal with other people's BS or their moods or their, their, their managing style or their, 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 uh, you know, um, quota, like I'm accountable to myself. Right. And so like at the end of the day, like for me, that's like, I'd rather hold myself accountable and deal with whether I was doing the best that I could or if I was slacking or, you know, whatever, as opposed to just having to deal with the boss that like makes you feel like shit or like, you know, somehow like you're what you're inputting into the company, you're working hard. So (laughs) they give you the job of three other people and don't pay you any more. And like, I just, I would never... And some people like that. And if they like it, that's great. Right. But the overwhelming majority of my clients, when I hear them talking about this stuff, Mm -hmm. I don't get the fluffy like rainbow and unicorn vibe at all. You know what I mean? They're like, it was good. It was not. That's not bad. Like, and I'm like, okay. But then I'm in the gym and I'm going, I can't believe I have a gym. I can't believe this is my job. Can you believe this is my job? Right.
5: (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. And yeah. that's how I used to feel in the gym. You know, it was like, I can't believe this is my job. Like I would think about,
6: <laughs> right. You're like, <laughs> I'm working and you're suffering. Yes.
5: <laughs> I was like, you know, so in the middle of the day, sometimes when it was like a little bit of a quiet time, I would think about that and be like, I can't believe that. Like, this is what I do for work. Like these people are coming here from work and it's like, this is what I do for work. It's like, <laughs> it's weird that it like, it's weird that we think that. Cause it's like, it doesn't feel, that's the thing.
6: It doesn't feel like work. And I feel like one of those like lay, lay, like cliche memes, like do what you love, never work right. a day in life or whatever it is. But it's like, yep. it's like, tr- I mean, there's definitely work, like motivating yes. people. It you is a lot of
5: work about yeah. it, It's true.
6: Yes. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, right. at the end of the day, you're, you're like helping people become healthy and more confident and energized. And it's like, oh my God. And they're doing it in my little, in my little space, you know, like, that's so cool.
5: Right. Absolutely. It's so rewarding and so fulfilling. And, you know, I think that that's what a lot of people are missing in their lives, in their, you know, in their daily jobs and that sense of fulfillment that you get from doing that. And obviously it's not for everybody, right? Right. Or or everybody would be doing it, but just in general, you know, that, that fulfillment aspect is huge, unmatched. So
6: did you, did you uh, work a, nor- a normal job first, like, you know, for someone else or have you always been a business owner?
5: Yeah. So I, most of my jobs were in fitness. However, oh. similarly to you, I was an insurance coordinator at a dental office for a little oh bit. Oh my God. That sounds so, like stress. Oh yeah. It was it, dealing with insurance companies is like, you hate to even deal with your own. Never right. mind. 40 other people's on a daily basis, right? Oh like, my God, yeah. And I did that for a while. Um, I mean, three or four years, I think I did that for. But I mean, other than that, I was pretty much always in fitness in some capacity, personal training or, um, you know, how, classes.
6: What's how long for? did you say you did that job
5: at the dentist office? It was about four years. That's a long time. Yeah it was heard that kind of job for that kind of job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it paid pretty well. So at the time I was like, okay, you know, that was, uh, the time when I was kind of going back and forth between like the personal training, like, do I want to get into this? And I actually worked for a gym at that time and they did not pay me at all, basically, mm-hmm. I was working insane hours doing everything in the gym, and they just were not paying me for for whatever reason, like pennies, basically, oh, like borderline God. illegal. Like I think it might have been illegal what they were actually paying me. So, that why not, does this sound
6: like a familiar tale? Like I feel like I hear this about like bigger gyms. Like yeah, I, I mean, I mean his I feel was like a, this is not the first gym. Oh, it was, it was a small one. Oh, yeah.
2: never <laughs>
5: Yeah. So it was bad. It was, it was not good. And I was like, I have to do something cause I can't even pay my bills. Um, so yeah. And then, you know, cool. I, I figured it out along the way after that, but you learn a lot when you are in a situation like that, you know, so right. not all and bad things, but yeah,
6: that's that your, I didn't actually mention this, but like you, you learn a lot. And that's true because the path, like I told you, I started with teaching, and then all of a sudden I'm now a gym owner and I feel like everything that I've experienced career wise and also relationship wise, like right um, when I, when I went through that breakup with that, that guy, that's when that like was what pushed me over the edge because I was already um, thinking about doing this. And then um, right before, uh, well, like a year before I got my, my own place, mm-hmm. I had just broken up with my fiance and it's it put me in a different headspace and I was like it's I don't you know a lot of people would say that's coincidence I don't believe that I believe the like okay yes these things happen to me but intuitively I went in the directions that were best for me you know and I, I believe that because I am currently living my best life
5: right Yeah. And that's, you know, what they say as far as rejection being redirection.
6: Exactly.
5: And it's very true. You know, if you look back at your experiences and, you know, the times that you were told no or whatever it might be, you know, in any specific area, whether it be relationship, business, whatever it might be, it's always interesting to look back at how all of the pieces kind of came together along the way. And it's like, hmm it all makes sense. You know, it when does you look make back. Sense. it's like, okay, that makes sense. But in the moment, it's, a lot of times it sucks. Oh, right? it
6: sucks so bad. Like, yeah. and there's no way around it. You have to go through it. You have to feel it. Cause if you don't, that's going to come up later and bite you in the butt and yep. better off getting it over with now, rather than later when it's been stuffed in, let it out now. Let yes. It out. yes.
5: Yes, absolutely. I completely agree. Alrighty. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media?
6: Okay. I have, um, Instagram, the fitness joint, um, Facebook, I have the fitness joint. I know this is really predictable and (laughs) I use TikTok. I mean, I have a TikTok, but, um, it's also the fitness joint, but, uh, you can find me on there and I don't do Snapchats. Yeah, don't do the no, Snapchat. No. Okay, just want to let me know. Okay.
5: Perfect. Yeah, I mean that's easy. You know, sometimes it's like the underscore period space fitness joint. So I oh, mean, it's, no. it's keep it simple. You know. Yeah, real simple uh, here. <laughs> we want to make it easy for for people to find you. So just the fitness joint. Thank Perfect. you. Yeah. All right. So Nadine from the Fitness Joint in South Scottsdale, Arizona. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. It's been so great having you on the show today.
6: Thank you. Have a wonderful day. I appreciate it.
5: Thank you. You too. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out.